Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Rusty Quill presents.
It's a fucking clown! <coughs> a fucking clown the size of a mountain! <coughs> you gotta be kidding me. Another clown? I wasn't kidding. My brief peek under the water revealed a creature of nearly unimaginable size. Though given what it was, its dimensions made it that much more terrifyingly ridiculous. Despite its size and the murkiness of the water, I was somehow able to glimpse some details. Attired all in gray, it sported a tattered waistcoat and wide suspenders that held up its baggy trousers. Its pant legs and sleeves were wide and billowing, over large upturned shoes, <laughs> especially large in this particular case. Dull metal bells affixed to its shoes and sleeves, and to complete the clown aesthetic, a big floppy bow tie. The second most conspicuous and submerged sight I caught was the bundle of gray balloons the drab giant clutched in its right hand, a rustling cluster that never lessened for the amount that escaped its grip. Illinois, bring us over to those stairs, the ones leading up from the water. Jesus, holy old Christ, look at that thing. The clown's head breached the surface, its facial features a portrait of apathy born of despair. Dead, drooping eyes, overhanging downturned lips, a round rubber nose that probably sobbed when you squeezed it. Hoisting ourselves over the stone landing of the stairs, we clambered upwards, the sound of an endless gray sea birthing an abomination of sour smiles and silent bells right behind us. The stairwell was as narrow and dark as before, forcing us into single file as we fled. Like before, Isaiah still led the way, with Illinol taking up the rear. Keep it moving. The water's coming up right behind us. And that ain't all. Those fucking balloons is everywhere. Hordes of the gray balloons, only much smaller to fit the dimensions of the stairwell, were popping out of the raising waters at our back, clustering all around us. But the footsteps were still dropping like bombs. Ugh, damn it. Place is trying to close around us like a goddamn fist. Jesus, I don't know how long I can hold it off. Hold on, Isaiah. Maybe we can get some help from the outside. Mesmer, Dr. Haskell, can you hear us? Yes, yes I can hear you. What's happening? Over. Can you hear me? Yes, we read you. We've completed our scan, but we're being chased by something. The Lord of the Bolger, quite possibly. It's closing on us. Can you increase the output of decoherence while maintaining the staircase's integrity? If the spheres overlap a bit more nearest the staircase, it might just bog the thing down and buy us some time. My mundane device just bit it. Oh, God. The bulge is just too much for him. We're increasing the levels now. We just can't increase them by too much. Or we lose the connection to the staircase altogether. Yeah, I can I can feel a little of the edge coming off, but it's still. Well, there goes my mundane doohickey. 
if the place can lift things from our minds, it probably knows the connection to the Bolger will be severed once we're topside. It's going to do whatever it can to keep it open. The increased decoherence on our end. It's making communications difficult. Sounds like we're losing radio contact. With the increase in decoherence, the radio signals traveling in and out of the silentage are going to be pretty garbled. Despite the Bolger being forced to cohere due to the increased proximity to our reality. Is what you just spouted supposed to make some kind of sense to someone? Ugh. Ugh. There's another door up here, so get ready. I just opened the thing already. Water's nipping at my heels. It's open. I suppose you ain't never heard of a silencer, huh? Some dogs just can't be muzzled, Shane. Breaks their spirit, you know? Better their spirits than my eardrums. Looks like some kind of office in here. Name plaque on the desk says Karis. Yeah, well, the water coming up on our asses says keep the fuck going and never mind the stinking desk. I know it doesn't surprise the two of you, the treachery of the powerful, even as it pertains to children. It was the clown imitating Dr. Karras, lifting its now normal-sized self from the waters flooding the stairs at our backs. Except for the sopping circus suit, it was like good old Uncle Edwin had stepped right out of my memories, a gray shadow from a past best forgotten. And Isaiah must have really been hurting, as Shane got off the first shot. Pick up the pace, Agent Man. My rounds is only pissing them off. I didn't even bother unsheathing my Balik. This thing was near the top, if not at the top, of the pyramid here. We weren't likely to put a stop to it so easily. Isaiah didn't bother either, shouldering open the next door and rushing through it. Ah, God damn it! It's a friggin' dead end. I'm so sick of this shit. Great. Now we're too hotshot. It was more than just a dead end. It was also a beginning, and a rather unpleasant one. We were standing in an exact replica of the cell they kept us in as kids, where the world pricked us with needles and prodded us with every conceivable scanner under the sun. Watch your goddamn mouth, Shane. I'm not in the mood. No need to get unneighborly, Agent Man. You will have to forgive him, Shane. He's been forced to reckon with the greatest beast of them all. The past. Which, when coupled with truth, is weightier than even carrying an entire bulger upon your back. <laughs> Isn't that right, Isaiah, my little buddy? Uh, he's making the... Bulger crush me! Ugh, I can barely hold out! Isaiah! I ran to my brother's side, where he folded into a trembling heap atop the tiny bed where he once slept as a child. Do you know what despair is, Isaiah? It's the last color before oblivion, where the final difference between light and darkness, good and evil, lies only in their respective spelling. Ah, blow it out your ass, fancy pants. I had to admit, Shane was awfully quick with those black pistols of his. <laughs> For all the good it did him. 
Why, Shane Starkweather, are you not a friend of despair? You should know better than to raise a gun against it. In time and coldest wisdom, you will place it to your own temple to flee the pain that grays out the sun and draws dusty tears from ancient stone. Fetch you to that asshole. I... Away with you now. I would have words with the one who feels he can hold the tide with a broom. The gray simulacrum of Karis just ignored the shots and backhanded the deadly gunman into the corner. And Illinol didn't fare much better. And you, Gauthowen, the one who already drowns in his own sea of despair. Perhaps here, in my sea, you will find them, your lost children, crying out to the father who failed them. There, there, poor Illinul. Would you not rather these many limbs of yours wrapped tightly around them? Do you miss the crush of their affections? Their black eyes, bottomless with the misplaced trust they confided in you? When all is said and done here, I will set you adrift in the Great Grey, where you can search them out, pointlessly, helplessly. Your tears will do well to further its depths, but for now, stand aside. I probably should have joined Shane and Illinol in the fight, but I was sure it wouldn't have helped any. After all, in the end, we all pick sides. It's inevitable. And I was busy barring the way to my brother. <laughs> For all the good that would do. A dutiful sister to the end, eh, little Romy? <laughs> Stay the fuck away! And you can drop the Karis routine, cause I'm not biting. No, I thought you might not. Your misery comes from a different place, isn't that right? Daughter. The grey thing that was once a gigantic clown, and then two-faced doctor, was now playing at being my mother. <laughs> but I wasn't having that either. <laughs> you can turn into friggin' Sigmund Freud, but you're still not getting into my head. Oh, my sweet, dear little girl, I've already been inside your head. I've never left, in fact. Huh. Well then, do me the favor of letting me get into your head. Oh my! You always were the spunkier of the two of you. Well, that was a first. Nobody had ever snatched my blade right out of the air before. Although, I should have expected as much. This thing was something on the order of the Night Christ, except the Night Christ was half out of his bolja, which made him weaker. This thing, this overlord of despair, was all snug and cozy within its place of power, and I was just a moment's distraction. You children! I know I was long dead and rotting beneath the ground by the time you two got around to playing with toys, but you really should have been taught to pick up when you were through with them. 
After letting go my blade, Charlotte strolled to where Illinois and Shane lay crumpled, plucking out their mundane devices and crushing them into little wads of sparkling metal. With two more of the machines down, I heard my brother groan beneath the additional burden of the Grey Bolgia. I had to do something quick before we all ended up in the Great Grey Drink. Do you have any idea how much despair the Great Darkness wrought, my dear? Oh, so, so much. Once upon a time, this quaint little river of hopelessness was but a grey trickle. But after the darkness, it became a sea, practically overnight. Misery piled upon despair, stacked atop grief. And if you listen very, very closely, you might even hear my own groaning disappointment. You see, we all, that is, our little family, have a share in the sea, where our deadened passion outlines the bleakest currents. I told you, cut the shit with the shape-changing. I'm not buying it. Whether it was just sick of games or getting ready to play a new one, the creature melted back into the shape of a sorrowful clown, the choking emptiness of its eyes pulling at me. But of course you're right, Rosemary. <laughs> I'm not your mother. Or Horace. <laughs> or all the other hapless humans that died on you and your brother's account. I'm all of them. Including you. <laughs> You're all here. In me. Each tear any one of you spent, I've drunk and grown all the stronger for it. Your sweet, gutted anguish draped limply across the trembling lips of oblivion. That's where I live, Rosemary. The last fearful ray of light before night falls completely. The tiny speck of life required to lament one's own death. <laughs> and from that minuscule space is born a sea of tears, regrets. And here we are, within it, reunited. I am all your sadness, up to this very point, Rosemary. And I want more. Speeding awkwardly across the room, his big floppy feet and silent bells flapping madly, the dour clown slapped my blade aside like it was nothing. In an instant, my throat was in its cold, rubbery grip, squeezing. A hundred past sorrows rose to the creature's touch, wrung out of me like a wet washcloth. First, they came from my eyes, and then my skin. I was literally sweating tears, caught in the grip of both the clown and every stinking, rotten, terrible thing that had ever happened to me. I was so lost in my own gray sea of sorrow, I'd almost missed the monster's free hand lifting the mundane device from my pack, crushing it into a screeching ball of fire and scrap. The loss of yet another machine dragged a long groan out of Isaiah, sprawled helpless behind me. Such terrible misery lives in you, Rosemary. Such loss, such hopelessness. 
But best of all, so much of it seasoned in false hope. The reunion with your equally miserable brother. <laughs> Did you think you'd both escape your pasts? Huh? Live splendid lives free from strife. Nothing kills hope so well as truth. <laughs> and nothing tastes sweeter than sorrow picked fresh from the vine. <laughs> His grip only tightened as I became little more than a collection of weeping memories. I was so far beyond the protection of my meds, beyond my life, Charlotte, even Isaiah. The monster had me lamenting my entire existence, my life nothing but a chronology of grief, all of it leaking from my soul, through my skin, collecting in a gray puddle at my feet. The clown hoisted me into the air, allowing my river of tears to splash across his frowning lips. It was almost over. I was taking my place within the gray. Romy, it can't end here. Not by a... Uh, not by a fucking clown. <laughs> I snorted at my brother's dying mirth, the resulting laughter easily pushing itself around the clown's grip and out past my lips. Oh, gross! Laughter! Recoiling from my apparently offensive giggle, the clown dropped me. Falling back to my feet, I forced my mind past the misery, trying to alight on a plan. Here was a time I might be able to take advantage of the fact that I was immune to my brother's power. Isaiah had effectively isolated a small portion of the Bolgia, bringing it under some measure of Newtonian law, rendering it conventional matter. Matter my power might be able to latch onto. Additionally, the place felt somewhat like a dream. Another point for Team Stroud. Now, that kind of laughter isn't allowed here, dearie. I guess I'll have to make sure you know why. The clown's gray-gloved hand reached out again, but this time I put a proper stop to it by turning the floor beneath the creature into a massive fist, which smashed the bastard straight into the ceiling. Oh, haven't you heard, fella? Nobody likes a clown. Especially not the handsy kind. Ah, there's that false hope I was on about. <laughs> yeah. I should have pulled the dream manipulation routine earlier, because as I felt out the parts of the room I could manipulate, I could also detect the clown's power, where it sought to resist me. The big difference was Isaiah's pale field. It didn't seem to mind me mucking around with reality, but not so much the clown. Where I had easy access, the monster had to work for it. But even with both the pale field and the bulge's increased proximity to steadier reality, I was still just a featherweight trying to trade blows with a heavyweight champ. I was about to slip into another bout of misery born of futility, when a certain sound caused me to remember who I was. What I was. I was a triplet. I stepped around to the other side of the gray clown, so he wouldn't see the bright red shape crawling like a child's nightmare from beneath Isaiah's bed. Your world is at hand, little girl. You and your brother's last tears will wet my lips as I make my final ascent 
to create a world of everlasting blue Mondays where I'll pass out sorrow like frowns at a funeral. <laughs> Why, that sounds just awful. <laughs> I think you need something to turn that frown upside down. <laughs> My other brother was always full of surprises. Golden crowns, secret passageways, hordes of monstrous half-brothers and sisters, cars that drive up walls. But today, it was something new. Before the gray clown had a chance to react, my clown had already unsheathed a candy cane blade and stabbed it right through the back of the dreary monster. But that was the least of what Sugar did. With the blade sticking out the front of the gray clown, a bright pink flame leapt up and across my triplet's arms, racing across his hands and out across the candy-striped blade, straight into the body of the Lord of the Gray Bolgia. Ouch! That smurts! <laughs> Fire always burns meaner. Will it sweeter? <laughs> Whatever the fire-like stuff was, it felt overpoweringly hot and smelled like boiling sugar. Oh my, what empty spectacle. What hollow hope you've conjured. <laughs> <laughs> now, since when has hollow been so bad, huh? Chocolate bunnies are hollow, but no less sweet for the fact. But you're right. Things have gotten a bit stale. <laughs> Time for a change! <laughs> Yanking his blade from the caterwauling monster, sweet fire outlining the arc of its withdrawal, my triplet shot a grin at my Balik where it writhed in my hands. One blade left the gray clown's smoking innards just as another passed through the thing's neck, beheading it. But I should have known that it wasn't going to be that easy. You should realize by now, despair is not only truth after hope, but also proof against imagination. <laughs> A recalcitrant ugliness that can never be wished away, no matter how willful the will doing the wishing. <laughs> A rippling appendage of gray water whipped without the still-standing headless corpse, reaching down and plucking the talking head from the floor. Before I could react, the stream of water retracted back into the topless body, pulling the clown's head back atop its slumping shoulders. Now, this is all getting so very, very... sad. <laughs> Let's say we put an end to it once and for all. Dismal waters poured from the master of the Grey Bolgia, its body swelling grotesque. The bloated corpse of a ruined clown reaching out skeletal hands to crush sugar in me. <laughs> Looks like it's time for a little clown-on-clown -clown combat. <laughs> hey, Grey Clown! <laughs> sugar locked eyes with me 
and we both nodded. We rushed forward in unison, simultaneously ducking beneath the ever-growing, ever-reaching claws. While Sugar slashed the monster beneath its left arm, I did the same to its right, both of us passing the other, coming out of our attacks on opposite sides of the room. The ground shook for the pain we paid the clown, the creature finding its next recovery harder to come by for its new injuries, and the limitations my brother was still imposing. Oh no! It looks like you cut me awfully deep. <laughs> Lifting his arms cruciform into the air and tilting his head, geysers of gray water gushed from the clown's fresh wounds, the room filling rapidly. Oh no! <laughs> it looks like you're going to drown us! Well... A good clown should always bow to the better buffoon. So here you are. You win! <laughs> Sugar bowed deeply at the waist, revealing where Isaiah stood behind him. Pale revolvers trained on the gray clown. I didn't know how he was managing it, but his power was raging. Every inch of him was icy white along with his clothes and even the spaces around him, his power bleaching the world, and his eyes, freezing suns of endless cold. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, motherfucker. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 